You're listening to a sermon from the preaching and teaching ministry of First Presbyterian Church, Covington, Tennessee. Our mission is to proclaim Christ's kingdom through word and deed. You can learn more about us at 1pc-covington.org or join us for worship at 403 South Main Street, Covington, Tennessee. Now there's a temptation I think sometimes we have to think, you know, if I had only seen Jesus or if, if I had lived at the time uh, the disciples lived and walked with Jesus, faith would be easier. I mean, if I'd actually seen those miracles happen, wouldn't it be easier to, to trust in Him than, than live now where we struggle to understand what He said, where we have to have faith that what we hear is true and it can be easy for us to think that the disciples had it easier because they saw him in the flesh. And yet Jesus now, in this passage from John, before he goes, um, ascends, before he leaves, is telling the disciples that it is for their benefit, that it's for their profit or that um, for their advantage that he goes away Because otherwise, He would not send the Helper. He would not send God's Holy Spirit, um, the One who is our Advocate and the One who stands with us and does things, the Spirit of Truth. Um, Because His going away means the Spirit comes and we are empowered in our ministry that He gives us. Jesus is talking just after He's told them that they are the uh, that he is the vine they are the branches that live in him and from that union with him they're going to bear fruit and he's reminded them in that ministry of bearing fruit of sharing the gospel of of serving him that those who hate and reject Christ are also going to hate and reject him the world hated him the world is also going to hate those who are united to him who are his disciples And so that would be a pretty discouraging thing. So Jesus is saying, uh, be encouraged, I'm going away, but you're going to receive the Spirit who is going to enable you and empower you to do the work that He's called us to do and to endure the hatred and the persecution of the world around that hates Jesus. So what we see is um, what the work of the Spirit is. And we're going to come back to uh, verses 8-11, through 11, but I want to jump ahead um, to verses 12-15 through 15 because in the passage, it's telling us that the Spirit is going to lead His disciples in all truth or to all truth. That is, even though Jesus Himself is not physically here teaching, the work of Jesus' ministry in teaching us and revealing truth is going to continue through the work of the Holy Spirit that is present with us at this moment. Even here with us now, the Spirit is the one who is teaching us and guiding us. And so he says, the Spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into truth. He will not speak of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak and will declare to you. He will glorify me, for He will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that He will take what is mine and declare it to you. And and this echoes what Jesus said His own ministry is. Jesus Himself, it says, I'm not teaching out of my own authority. What I hear the Father say, I'm declaring to you. And so what the Father is saying, Jesus Himself is teaching. And that ministry is going to continue through the work of the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit takes what Jesus says 
and declares it and teaches us and leads us and guides us. I, I want to just real briefly kind of point out some of the implica- one of the implications of this. It can be, well, I, I sometimes hear people talk as though look at different parts of Scripture and um, uh, maybe use them against one another. I, I've heard someone say that uh, Paul teaches a different thing than what Jesus taught, that Jesus taught a simple gospel and Paul came along later and changed it. I, sometimes I hear people say, you know, we don't need the Old Testament, we just need the New Testament. Sometimes I hear people say, you know, just the letters in red, that's what really counts. Mine's all black. It's all the same. Because, do you get what Jesus is saying? The Spirit is the one teaching what the Father has said and what Jesus says. You can't drive a wedge between the Trinity and looking at the Scriptures. If the Father and Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit are all at work declaring the same truth, you, you have to listen to all this as one. It doesn't allow for us to say, well, when Paul said this, being guided by the Holy Spirit, he's saying something different than Jesus, who was, you can't make a separation. It's all one. And so the Spirit that was leading the prophets is revealing the same truth of Jesus Christ given by the Father as Jesus Himself in flesh speaking to the people. He is speaking the same truth, and it's no different than when he told the disciples, when he um, sent Paul as an apostle to declare his truth, who is also being led by the Spirit. They're all teaching the same thing. We, we can't contrast one part of the Scripture with the other. It's all one truth. It's all from the same source. It's all god breathed It's all inspired. And so we can't make these um, distinctions where we would hold one another. We hear all of truth, and we understand that the same God who, who tells us of um, the grace in Jesus Christ is the same one who tells us of His law and of warning us of judgment. It is the same God. And because of that, uh, what we see is He's teaching the disciples, and the disciples are going to write down these things. The Spirit's going to lead them into all truth. He's going to bring to their remembrance the things that Jesus has taught and write this book so that the way the Spirit teaches us, the way Jesus continues to teach His church is through His Word, through the Scriptures. The Spirit that led them to remember these things and leads them into truth is the same Spirit that leads us into truth now as we hear His Word and as we receive it and as we obey it. So the ministry of Jesus' teaching continues, and it continues um, particularly in this work of convicting. So we're going to look at uh, verses 8 through 11. Um, the, the, the Spirit of truth comes, and th- so now this Spirit, through this Word, through the, through the church, is going to convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. This is a pretty complicated passage when you to look at it. But I want to remind us of a few things that have kind of impacted my understanding of what this means. One is, throughout John's Gospel, the world is the one that rejects Jesus. The world is, are those who are outside of not receiving Him. 
So when we hear of John 3.16, that God so loved the world, the amazing thing is, not that you know he's loving this easy-to-love thing, that he's loving this creation that's in rebellion and rejecting him. The world is are those who hate Jesus. The world are those, is those who um, will hate his disciples. So the work is to convict the world. And that word conviction has a sense of, of you know, I'm exposing what's wrong. I'm rebuking what's wrong. And I'm, I'm kind of bringing shame to the one who holds it. So conviction is, is not just a mere legal thing, but a, a legal thing with kind of a, you know, a, a negative idea there that is it's showing the wrongfulness of it and, and teaching us the wrongfulness of it. So he's convicting the world of these things. So showing the wrong of the one in rejection of God about sin and righteousness and judgment. And so we, how we understand those things is we see that there's a parallel. And I, I want to um, um, just, just look at what those are. He's going to convict the world of sin because they do not believe in me. Part of the work of the Holy Spirit, part of the work of coming to Scripture is it shows us our sin. It shows us our rejection of God, which at the root of all of it is our disbelief that we don't believe in Christ. We don't believe God's Word. That our, our sinfulness is rather than hearing God's work, we decide, Word, we're going to decide we're going to do our own thing. And He shows us our wrongfulness. I, I, I think we, we have a conscience. We have the witness of the Spirit in us. We know that we have to come to a time that we realize I'm not what I ought to be. That I've done things that I knew I shouldn't do. That's, that's part of the work of the Spirit is to show to us we have not done what we know is right. We've not always done the good that we knew we ought to. And I think you know, just <laughs> any of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we have to realize I've sinned. I, I've, I've not lived up to God's law. And to be honest, I haven't lived up to my own expectations. That I, if, if, if every time I just said somebody shouldn't do that, or that was wrong, or I can't believe they did that, there's times when I've said that, that I've done the very same thing. And my own words convict me of my sin. The, the Spirit, through the Scriptures, through God's law, shows the world, shows each one of us our sin and our sinfulness. Because of that, we know we need to do better. We know we should do right. And so it's a strange thing to hear the idea that the Spirit will convict the world concerning righteousness. Why would we need to be convicted of righteousness? It's because righteousness is as filthy as You see, a lot of people think that what being a Christian is, is I'm going to stop doing all this bad stuff, I'm going to get my act together, I'm going to start doing all this good stuff. I'm, I'm going to remake myself. It's a moral self-improvement project. That What I really need to do is I need to do a better job of making God love me and accept me by doing, being a better person. And so what we tend to do is we think we need to be righteous in ourselves and that we need to be a better person. 
But what we see in Scripture is that our righteousness never matches what God wants. The prophet Isaiah said, your righteousness is as a filthy rag. That means the best you can possibly do is still filthy before God. Because every, the best we could possibly do on our own is still mixed with fear, with self-righteousness, with self-advancement. It's still selfish and it never would reach up to what God wants. That's why the, the, the book of Romans, um, he's talking about how we try to build up a righteousness by following the law and we try to build up a righteousness that ultimately will fail. We're never saved by being righteous enough. We never meet God's expectation by following the law. And so part of what the Holy Spirit does is show to us that our righteousness is not what saves us. The righteousness He's talking about here is the righteousness of the self that persecutes those who follow Jesus and think they're serving God by putting them to death that He spoke about just earlier. The righteousness I'm talking about here is the righteousness of the Pharisees who think they're good enough in their own will to be acceptable to God. The righteousness he is talking about here is all of our attempts to think that God accepts me because I'm a good person. And he convicts and he shows that is wrong because he goes to the Father. That is, he who was here who showed us um, that, that the righteousness of our righteousness is not good enough is leaving. So the Spirit is going to continue this work. But He shows it ultimately in that the righteousness of the Pharisees is the righteousness that put Him on the cross. That is our righteousness. It never will earn acceptance to God. We are sinners and our righteousness will never meet His demands. C.S. Lewis um, has a wonderful passage where he said, you know, as long as I told myself I could do better and I could try harder, that um, he always felt like he could be good enough. And he said it was only when I really made the effort to follow God's law that I realized I was completely unable to fulfill it. Have you tried to really do what's pleasing to God? Have you, have you really tried? Because doing so exposes our need and exposes our righteousness for the emptiness that it is. He convicts us of sin. He convicts us of our righteousness that fails. And He convicts us concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Human judgment, I would always tell myself, I'm not as bad as the guy next door. I can always find somebody worse than me. And I, I, mean, I'm, I have some people who, who tell you how much of a jerk I can be. But I can always find somebody who's more of a jerk. I can, I can always judge uh, myself and say, well, I was jerked because I was really tired or that person deserved it. Or, um, you know, I can always make some judgment where I make myself better than I really am and somebody else worse than they are. In other words, human judgment is not good. Human judgment isn't perfect. Our judgment is wrong because we will judge sin to be good. I mean, we're in a world that is celebrating sin because of its wrong judgment. And wrong judgment will lead us to look at good things and say they're bad. 
And we're in a world that looks at righteousness and holiness and condemns and ridicules it because the world does not judge as God does. And so part of this is that He, again, is the, the right judgment of the state and the, the religious group are the ones who put Jesus to death. And on the cross, it is the same time He is actually judging the world. You know, one of the great ministries of Jesus is the way people respond to Him and judge Him is actually hit God's judgment on them. Those who reject Him show themselves to be bad in their judgment. Those who receive Him become children of God. And He exposes and convicts us of our, the world of its false judgment. But because the ruler of this world has now been judged, the time is urgent for us to respond to look at Him who was without sin, to look at Him who is our righteousness because of what He did, though our righteousness can never... that His grace comes to us. And we look at One who judges perfectly. And because of what Jesus did in His righteousness, His judgment for those who trust in Him is you're acquitted, innocent. You're, you're, you're free in Christ. Which is why we return to what the Spirit of Truth does. If you hear this, and if you look at yourself and say, yes, I've sinned. Yes, my righteousness can never meet God's demands. Yes, my judgment is wrong, but His judgment is true. The Spirit leads you into truth. And truth is a person named Jesus Christ who died on the cross for sinners whose judgment is perfect and His righteousness is given to us. And we are led into that truth. The Spirit glorifies Christ and our salvation is when we look to Jesus and we say, there is my glory. There is my hope. There is my salvation. And we glorify Him and we trust in Him. We are led into truth. We are free from this conviction and this condemnation. And He uses us to continue His work of building His kingdom. May the Lord bless the reading and the proclamation of His Word. Amen. And you've been listening to a sermon from the preaching and teaching ministry of First Presbyterian Church, Covington, Tennessee. Our mission is to proclaim Christ's kingdom through word and deed. You can learn more about us and listen to other sermons at onepc-covington.org or join us for worship at 403 South Main Street, Covington, Tennessee.